You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour, our final segment for those of you in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte to Venice. Bonus hour begins at the top of the hour in the 239. Chris Landry joins us at this day and time every week. He of LandryFootball.com, LandryFootball.com. You can follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball. How are you this Veterans Day? I am. uh, My thoughts uh, to all the veterans out there. My dad was in the Navy. I just got a text from my niece. Her son, they requested some stuff from my dad and and i just got a text like two minutes before i got on with you guys uh you should see the big collage that he did with my dad he gave me a lump in the throat but yeah all of my uh, thoughts and prayers and all the thanks for all the veterans out there no doubt and we echo those sentiments very much um let's get to the games because this is a weekend where last weekend had the sexiness of georgia and tennessee this is the weekend that we've talked about a couple years from now, when the playoff is going on, this weekend is going to be monstrous because there are so many games that would have conference championship implications and then getting a team to a 12-team playoff when we get there. One of those is UCF and Tulane. This is going to be the AAC. This this team could very well end up winning the AAC and get themselves maybe to a New Year's Six Bowl. And I look at this game in a tight game. UCF's been in this game a bunch. That's a program that's used to a bigger moment. Is Tulane ready for their big moment? Well, we're going to find out. They played very well. Obviously, they beat Kansas State. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't a real – it wasn't a, a fluke that they beat Kansas State. What was really amazing, the one game this year, is how they lost to Southern Miss. That was really uh, crazy. But a couple of things. Uh, I think that UCF has been a little bit better defensively of late. They do a really good job with their pass rush. Uh, Tulane's gotten a little bit better with that. John Rice Plumey's coming back. This is going to be quite the challenge for Tulane. They've been really good offensively. They're very well coached. They're very disciplined on defense. You know, UCF is a little bit more explosive. Tulane is a little more steady, safe for that Southern Miss game. This is going to be real interesting, and it's going to come down to red zone offense because that's the key. I think Tulane is a little bit more efficient in the red zone. UCF sometimes has to settle for uh, for field goals, for going for big plays. I think that's where the game is going to be determined. Chris, uh, Mark and I have been doing this together a while. And in our infancy, I think we were like a year or so in, South Florida hosted West Virginia on a Friday night on ESPN2. <laughs> Sean McDonough did the game. And West Virginia was top five. This was Slayton. And, you know, they were, you know, could have played at, for the national title here. Yeah. And, and we went and we did our show live from the parking lot, the whole deal. And it was a major event. And South Florida pulled the upset. And it was a BFD, as we say. Is this that type of game for Tulane? This is the first time they've been ranked hosting a ranked team since 1949 i know it's a tough market where all they care about is lsu and the saints but is this this type of event that ucf is walking into no because it's just what you said it's big for those small pocket of Tulane fans that are that are really passionate and i i, I don't think they're getting enough play and enough respect 
Um, even in the New Orleans market, as you kind of alluded to, it's about LSU. Um, it used to be that way. It used to be up until the 70s when I was coaching at LSU. In the 80s, Tulane had some good teams. But ever since they've kind of downsized, I mean, i got to remind folks that Tulane was in the SEC with Georgia. I mean, they, they were and, – and they went to Rose Bowls. It, it, but the program has changed. They've become a lot different. Um, so it doesn't have that feel. A lot more people, I think, cared about it in Tampa, and they were ranked high. Tulane's never been right there. I think the closest thing was when Tommy Bowden – had that great Sean King, and that yes. was really good. It was in the dome. It was a little sterile. They would get like, you know, maybe 25000 instead of 12000 It's just not the same. It, it's just the UCFs gotcha. and the USFs, just a lot more people that are into it. But I think that Willie Fritz has done a phenomenal job. TCU in Texas. I mean, no one gives TCU any respect. Vegas has them as a seven-point underdog. And Texas has, when they're good, they look really good. Both of these teams have problems defensively. We should see a lot of points in this one. You know, it's the, the uh, 30,000 view of this is TCU starts off slow. Texas starts off strong. TCU finishes strong. Texas finishes slow. They really struggle late. I mean, what, what a matchup in this regard. Texas can win this football game. It's about B. John Robinson. It's about their defense stepping up big time at home. But this TCU team has been very consistent on how they're able to come back. They don't play great defense. You're right. They give up yards. But I tell you what they do effectively. They get off the field on third downs. Um, they get off the field in the red zone pretty effectively. Uh, and obviously, they've got a dual threat quarterback. I, you know, this is, to me, I trust TCU more. I have a hard time trusting Texas. But I'm telling you, Texas's best game for four quarters beats TCU. I mean, they're 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 really are capable, and particularly B. John Robinson's going to be the key because that's going to slow down the pace of the game a little bit and allow their offense to have some big plays, but also protect their defense. Which, if there's a defense that's playing at their top level that has the personnel to kind of shut down, so it's Texas's defense. But I don't think you can shut down TCU for four quarters. I, this is going to be fascinating. Uh, this is going to be quite the challenge. TCU is going to earn it. If they win this one and they go on the road and have to beat uh, Baylor next week, I, they're going to earn their way into it. They, they really are. We could ask you about six questions involving Alabama. I'll, I'll try to do one or two really quickly. What did Georgia do differently than Alabama against Tennessee? Because most of us from the outside looking in think, well, the personnel is similar. Okay, so – is the personnel not remotely similar and that's what was exposed in the last four weeks or did the Georgia coaching staff just do a much better job? Well, there's a little bit of, uh, of, of some of everything in which you said, but the biggest thing is the personnel, the personnel matchup. See, Georgia can match up outside at corner. Alabama can't. This is not a typical Alabama secondary. Um, so Georgia was able to keep their, their safeties deep. They were able to, most importantly, defend Tennessee's run game. you got to stop Tennessee's run first. And they did it with a minimum guys in the box. Georgia's much better at defensive tackle. Alabama's really good at end. They've got four guys at end that can rush the passer. Two that are really good that we know a lot about, but there are four of them. 
They're not as good a defensive tackle. They had to cheat a safety up a little bit. Georgia did not. The other thing that they did is their linebackers are more athletic and better. So they were able to keep those guys deeper. They were able to keep the Tennessee's offense in front of them. They were able to break on the football a lot better, whereas Alabama was taking changes. Alabama uh, chances. Alabama was having to flip their guys. They normally play their safety to the field. Tennessee was lining up to the boundary. The safeties had to cheat up, and they got beat, deep, beat, deep. Georgia never let them get deep. So it's, yes, it's a better scheme, but a scheme doesn't work if you don't have the personnel to run it. I know you think, oh, my God, I mean, Alabama doesn't have talent. Of course they've got talent. But they don't have the type of talent that they normally have to defend this type of an offense. The other thing about Alabama that's different than Georgia, over the, over the past several years, Alabama's a little bit more finesse. You know, they're more speed-centric. They're more reliant on big plays. Georgia is more about line of scrimmage. They're, they're more physical at defensive tackle and at linebacker, and that was the biggest difference. They played oftentimes with five guys in the box and defended the run, and they had maximum guys in coverage, so Tennessee couldn't get deep. And underneath, you fourth hand and hooker to throw it underneath in narrow windows, not the same. And, and how did they lock up those – those receivers from Tennessee got better cover guys. So it is Jimmy's and Joe's, but you know, I think the X's and O's were part of it because you got the Jimmy's and Joe's. <laughs> All right. We'll lead that into Alabama and Old Miss then Chris, because Old Miss, you, you just talked about the defensive tackles, Alabama, Old Miss can run the football. I, I know they don't have the, maybe the power on the outside that Tennessee did. And they don't throw it as well, but they're a different Old Miss team. They can run the football really well. Can they be effective against Alabama? I think they can. This is a game in which, what Ole Miss does with their run game is they try to create a lot of, you know, uh, eye candy. They, they get a lot of pre-snap motions. They try to get you misaligned. So what you've got to do defensively against them is you've got to be very lane disciplined. Now, you say, well, you always got to do that in any scheme. But, but it's more difficult when a lot of stuff is flowing in front of you because you're, you're distracted about where you need to go, where the ball could go. Just play your gap. I think that Alabama can play this a lot more effectively. This is not like Tennessee where you got to defend deep. Ole Miss can't throw the football well. Ole Miss will get some yards, but I don't know that they'll get enough points. And here's the other thing. Ole Miss's defense is not good. I think Ole Miss, name me one good team Ole Miss has beaten this year. Not a one. The closest is Kentucky. They're not that good. I think the defense is vulnerable. I think Alabama rebounds here. Can I ask a very cynical question? Of course. of course. Name me a good team Alabama's beaten this year. And, I mean, let, we all know they got lucky against Texas. That They got no, help. That, no, that's a, that's a yeah. – and, and, uh, So, I mean, that – you know Alabama Nation is freaking out right now. They're freaking out. They're, they're seeing the end of their dynasty. They think the sky is falling. And I guess what we're getting at with these questions is – did they just happen to lose two games on the last play of the game and everything's still fine? Or is, quite frankly, Georgia's the top dog and Alabama's playing catch-up? Well, Georgia is the top dog. Georgia was the best team in college football last year and this year. And I know Alabama beat them in the conference championship game. That was a surprise to me. And I know Alabama, if they had the receivers, who knows? Georgia's the best program right now in the country, in my view. But I don't think Alabama's that bad. And I would counter your point was, well, you know, Alabama played LSU very, very well. Ole Miss got thumped by LSU. They got mm -hmm. off to, 
you know, so I think there's a little difference. Ole Miss struggled for quite a bit defensively against Tulsa. I think there's a difference, but look, uh, I think the mindset of Alabama is going to be big here. I think the mindset's going to be good, but Ole Miss can run the football on most people. It'll cause a lot of problems. It's it, this run game, it's run offense is the closest thing to kind of what we've seen when Art Browse was at Baylor. It's it's really, really effective. LSU going to get it done against Arkansas? I mean, and get themselves that much closer to Atlanta? I think so. They're playing with a lot of consistency and confidence. It's an early game, early start. Fayetteville, it's going to be about 24, I hear, to, to uh, temperature-wise uh, to start. The, the, the reason why is I, I think Arkansas is capable of playing well and, and, and pulling the upset, but I just don't like the way they're playing right now. I don't like the way the quarterback's playing and he's not playing with a lot of confidence. There's not anybody that can win in the passing game. I think it's going to be difficult for Arkansas to win it unless LSU reverts back to mistakes and turnovers. Chris, we've got three Pac-12 teams with one loss. All three can still technically post a 12-1 and Pac-12 championship. Between Oregon, USC, and UCLA, when you look at them on tape, who is your money on to run the table? Well, Oregon is really good and looks the best on tape, but they're much better at home. I think UCLA is the most complete, um, and I would put USC at the bottom of that list. Uh, I think that it's going to be difficult because you're going to have to win the, the, the conference championship game, obviously, at a neutral field. I would probably go Oregon and U, UCLA. And that we, order, and then USC third. And Mark, what's interesting, Matt Leinert came out this week and said UCLA is better than USC. Matt Leinert said that. Well, and you know, you you watch him play, and again, it, it's difficult. You win, give them credit. They they will have their chance, but boy, they have looked the least impressive. But I think Oregon's done the most. You know, and UCLA, I'm worried about on the road. I'm worried about Oregon on the road. But the, those two have looked better than USC. USC's not looked good against Cal, against Arizona State. I mean, a lot of people. So, for the record, 10 seconds, you like Tulane in a close one over UCF? Yeah, I've gone back and forth. I'm going to go with them in a close one, but I'm not real confident about that. That game could go either way. I'm right. really – I think that's a – that's one of – to me, it's okay. up there amongst the most intriguing games of the weekend for me. Well, you're going head-to-head -head with Miller and Moulton, Chris. We both have UCF in a close There you one, go. So. There you We're go. showing our go bias. Gus on. Go Gus Mel's on. Go with the Gus bus. We're go, go, jo go join him at the Waffle House after the game after the big win. <laughs> Perfect. That's what he does. Yes. You're, you're based in Louisiana. We're yeah, based in Florida. I got go. I got and, 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 and an LSU guy picking Tulane. That's you know, that's not too good. I'll lose my uh, LSU card. On that. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Right, Enjoy the game. You too. Thank you, Chris Landry. LandryFootball.com. Follow him on Twitter at LandryFootball. You know, the expert was against us twice last week, and it did not bode well for us. No, no. No, we're we're in trouble with that UCF pick. We we've just doomed the Knights in their biggest game of the year. We did. Miller and Moulton, thanks so much for listening. Happy Veterans Day.